Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. And a fine Saturday matinee to you, Steve. Hey, hey, hey. Good morning, good morning, good morning. <laughs> you get them all. I get all of Andy's lines today. Uh, I love it. Poor Andy's down with a uh, with a lame voice this morning. Yeah, so I I am the voice of Andy Nelson today. The voice of Andy Nelson. I hope you bring uh, I hope you bring horror trailers and. Um, 
that are set in a very hot place. Let's talk about 2001, Pete. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, no. We, we won't See, take that up. This is, uh, you've, you've already heard that episode. Yes. Uh, Patreon members, thank you, everybody who's who's uh, supporting the show on Patreon. We sure appreciate you, and we appreciate you so much that we gave you my opinion on 2001, uh, which is going live in the show this coming week. Wait, oh, that, that's what they get. So they pay us money to get that? To get that? <laughs> no, that was, uh, that was the most epic flick charting ever. Uh, I don't quite know what to say about that, but I did, uh, I, I'll tell you, in hindsight, I had a delightful time. Uh, it's probably one of my favorite flick chartings. It's it's just you know the fates this had their way with that one. That they was, sure did. Oh, such a such a I mean, joy. Made, see, made that worth it. Yes, I feel like uh, you know it was, I it, it was not long ago that that uh, some I think Nick asked in the in the um, uh, Discord what our biggest split had ever been, and we just hadn't had it yet. I don't think we've ever had a one and a five star split uh, between us. So. So the movie is, Nick is important. Con- he he conjured that up. He, he conjured he called that, that up. He called oh, that down. thank goodness! It's his fault. <laughs> yes. Okay. We will blame Nick for that one. That's he asked perfect. about a big split, and you guys had and to deliver that. It. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was that was fun. Uh, I let's let's talk about something better. <laughs> okay. Oh, hey, I I do have something, and maybe you can you can help me with this because I oh, okay. I watched a movie this week, and I swear it was a trailer pick. For I th- I thought it may have been Andy's, or it may have been mine. But I I tried to track down going back through if this was a trailer pick that was discussed on a on a sat mat, and it was a movie called The Endless. So it was from 2017 about two brothers returning to a cult that they fled from years ago, and they get a mysterious videotape in the mail, and they they go back to revisit. You know, they go back to the camp where the the cult is, and there's there's just some amazing visuals of like circle, like bird formations and circles, and just some with some really interesting camera work. And I swear that in one episode, this movie was talked about. Do you recall? I this I do. I feel like okay. we have talked about that. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, it would have been probably in January, February, or so. Okay. Yeah, uh, but I, I do, I do remember that you watched the movie. What'd you think? Yeah, so I did. I, oh, this, it, it really tore me up on this one because it, it's the, a film that is right there in my wheelhouse. These are the types of, of movies I love. These small, independent, sort of getting into some genre, but because it's a such a small film, they don't have big budget for a lot of things, so they have to work within the restrictions. And the way this was shot worked really well. For me, they pushed a little too hard too quickly into some genre territory that just sort of shook the world up a little bit too much, Hmm. where I I was buying into this, where there's some strange, mysterious things happening that aren't really explainable. thought, that's great. And then it just pushed into, okay, we're going this far with it. And I thought, okay, everyone has now accepted this new information and didn't really grapple with the fact that there's these mysterious things happening. They just accept it. And it's it's really, for me, a little out there from the world that had been established. So that that knocked it down to three stars for me. There's It's a really great concept. 
at uh, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. They they co-direct this. They're the two leads in this. They do a great job with this. I just wish they'd toned it back. But I I also learned that one of the little storylines that takes place within this is sort of a recreation of a film they did back in 2012. So now I'm interested in going back and looking at that film to see how it's sort of, you know, we're very much in the same cinematic universe here. So I'm interested to see what they did with that film and how they sort of revisited it in this story. So I haven't got, seen anything that he's done. Either Resolution, I think you're talking about Resolution here. Yes, yes. Uh, or Spring he did in 2014. I've, I've never seen any of those. Yeah, no, it's it, this was uh I'm enjoying my uh digital library service through Hoopla. So uh-huh. this was uh I was just scrolling through to see what was new there and it was right there for me. Uh so I checked it out and and really really in, enjoyed it not as much as I hope, but still it's one I I'm really glad I saw cuz I look am now putting these two on my list of let's watch for what what comes next from these two. Well, I had a, a similar experience uh, in our uh, our old family movie night movie last night. We watched Downsizing. Uh, it, did you catch this one when it hit theaters? I did not. This is the Matt Damon, tiny Matt Damon, big bottle of vodka movie. <laughs> it is tiny Matt Damon, big bottle of vodka. Yeah, it's a whole. Uh, it it's a movie that starts under the pretense that it's a, um, it's an environmental movie. Um, the these. Uh, inventors discover a way to uh, shrink people to uh, and and hopefully uh, if everybody buys in and gets small uh, we'll save the environment because we'll need a whole lot fewer resources to keep us all alive and uh, and and it's so it, it's got some Truman show it's got some Walter Mitty uh, it's it, it, it's got a, it's kind of a mashup of all of these things the concept is really fun and i think the first act is terrific um just in exploring how these characters you know um, sort of decide that they're going to get small uh, and then we get to explore the small world with them and the effects are are fantastic i mean i i think it actually you know it achieves the look that it's going for um really well and the betrayal you know and this was given away in the trailer betrayal when uh you know um uh, Kristen Wiig's character decides not to downsize with her husband, you know, Matt Damon. Uh, it, it is a it, it's a great kind of relationship betrayal. of And, and so they have this wonderful, super narcissistic phone call. Um, and Alexander Payne, I think his vision is I, a fan of his movies. This one, man, it just comes off the rails and becomes so just ridiculously predictable uh and, and uh, so it lags in the middle and then it's super predictable third act that that makes it ultimately kind of disappointing i i did give it three and a half stars but um you know it, it just made me sad because i think it was a movie with a lot more potential than it ultimately um ultimately gave us i will say christoph waltz is as always funny uh, as the goofy neighbor and hong chow is amazing she is the reason to see this movie um, she plays a vietnamese dissident and who loses her leg she is made small against her will by the state and um so she tries to escape and, and is smuggled out in a full-size a, a big person's tv box and uh it is 
she's just uh, amazing. She's amazing. I could watch her in this role forever. Um, that that she's not only, um, you know, she's an amputee. She's Vietnamese with a very strong Vietnamese accent, accent and she is the romantic lead of the movie. And I, I was just so proud of the movie for that, for those choices, um, because I totally bought it. I absolutely believed their relationship. And I think it's, you know, uh, proof that you can you can make some kind of, you know, against the grain choices uh, and there's there's room for that kind of representation so i i that there are elements in this that i'm just super happy with but um sad that uh, that it uh, slowed down so this is in that category of it's better that i waited to for this on renting this one rather I think than so okay yeah I think so. Right. There was probably some uh, some really interesting kind of depth of field tricks that you might really get some enjoyment out of on the big screen, just seeing the small with the big. Uh, they they do a really nice job of that. And um, but yeah, I think this is a fine small screen viewing. This this one it it is worth seeing for some of these performances, but you know, it it doesn't quite crest the six star IMDb. Uh, rule and that is i I think uh appropriate well i guess what kept me away from it was to me it it felt like one of these movies that has something you know capital i important to say and it reminded me a lot of uh pleasantville which i thought was an interesting concept but then got into you know the last part of the movie just had so many important issues it was trying to tackle and say that it it really strayed from telling a good story because it was more focused on communicating this important message and i guess that was one of my concerns with downsizing was yes here's this this high concept of let's make people small but yes when we get into the environmental thing i was worried that that was going to start taking over the thrust of the story rather than the the characters in the relationship but it sounds like you're saying that we do have sort of a, a a nice relationship here to to carry us through. Well, I I think we do. I I think the challenge, you know, as I sort of drill down into it, it, it Matt Damon's character is it, it's trying to carry the load of too many um, too many sort of emotional threads, and so yeah, one is this: I want to do this thing because it's good for the environment, and then we get into this end of the world scenario, and he has to he makes some. Just really stupid. There's just a really stupid execution of um, a, a sequence where he has to make a, an all or nothing choice. And it, it's just silly. It's ridiculously predictable. I, my whole family is sitting there saying, and next he's going to, and we're uh, just right every time. Like it, it just was not, uh, it was not good. Um, uh, but it, it, I think it just, couldn't figure out how to weave all of these threads together the romantic emotional thread the inventor sorrow thread the actual end of the world thread and and make a compelling sort of third act that that felt kind of rewarding and the end everybody as we're sitting around is like what was that that was the worst ending ever like it just the movie stops it just stops and it took a lot of just sort of rationalization to figure out what they were getting at i'm i'm sure what they were thinking was those kinds of conversations so um you know blech all right it just lost a half star steve and I'm you just, just you just I, helped me wrench half star. Well, you, well, and you just helped me. I 
don't know that I need to see this now. If I'm going to be that disappointed in the ending, I, I enjoyed the concept. But if I'm going to be that, if it's that predictable, if it's that disappointing at the end, then I've got other things to do with my time. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I was, I, I have to admit, I was kind of hoping that this would have ended up a, a trailer pick to hear you and JJ talk about it. And yeah. e- even I am not. I was just, I love Sideways so much. Like, it's one of my very, very favorite movies. And Election is fantastic. And Descendants and Nebraska. I mean, come on. Uh, I, I'm a, I am a straight up fan of Alexander Payne. And so this, that makes this, uh, you know, even more disappointing. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That's, that's there's nothing worse than having a, a filmmaker that you just really connect with their work. For me, it's uh, Andrew Nichol. I think mm. he did some he did some great you know like Gattaca, love you know love that. That was you know again that's small you know sci-fi that doesn't have a lot of the trappings of typical sci-fi. You don't have all the special effects, and then you know you know writing Truman Show, and then you know you got Simone with Al Pacino, and just things have not yeah. have not come together really well for him he actually the the latest thing he did is on uh netflix with clive owen which was a an interesting idea that just is not executed that well and it's it it's playing with tropes that i think we've we've seen done better uh and this one is called anon and this has to do with uh you know, everybody's got these implants in their eyes and they can see, you know, basically facial recognition. And you've got this sort of outsider group that wants their privacy. And it, it, it does a lot of things with hacking people's, you know, memories. And I, I've seen it done before. And I just very disappointed. It has some great moments, some good performances. But again, for me, Andrew Nichol is, you know, I, I just keep hoping for him to return to you know his his strengths, and it just has not happened for him. So hopefully, Alexander Payne with his next one can deliver something that uh, that puts him back in your good graces. There, yeah, I hope so. I'm I, I feels like you know you look at Andrew Nichols just as an example. Gattaca, Truman Show, Sim, you know Sim One. Uh, and then back to the terminal as a writer, you know, yeah. and Lord of War, which I thought was fantastic, and In Time, which I loved the conceit of In Time. I thought it was really, really great. And uh, even if I I wasn't a huge fan of the movie, um, th- then we've got the host and Good Kill, and as you yeah. say, Anon, and I, yeah. you know, I'm I'm looking forward to a return to Grace for him too. Yeah, I don't know. I you know his his next movie, Nickel, as I just clicking around here is Monopoly, which. You you want to think is maybe a thing that's about you know it's a story about big business and the poison of big business and capitalism, but it's actually about a boy from the game's modest Baltic Avenue on a quest to make a fortune. Oh, it, gosh, it, no. I, I don't know. So what are you gonna do? I don't know. If we're gonna talk trailers. That's what we're gonna do. We're yeah, gonna get that's out what of we're here. Do I've got an A twenty four. Yeah, A24. you do. Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, this movie we saw when I was in Phoenix last week. Uh, you and me and Andy went to see Eighth Grade. And I don't know if you still feel this way, but, uh, you know, I I walked out of the movie thinking this is so far. I mean, I, I can't right now off the top of my head think of a movie I've enjoyed more this year uh, than Eighth Grade. It is a, a fantastic film and just really uh, for me, just nails that experience as a father of, uh, you know, watching a daughter go through middle school and, and and that whole experience. It's aged very well for me, and I can't wait to see it again when it opens even more broadly. So I thought, I'm going to stick with this this theme and go with you're, a... You're, you're uh, taking my thing. You're taking uh, yeah. my thing, aren't you? That's It's your thing, right? I'm going to stick yeah, with so the, the Steve Sarmento yeah. Memorial theme. 
The guy's okay. still here. I'm yes. just calling it Memorial and Jest. That <laughs> uh, is mid '90s, and it's a curiosity for me for a number of reasons. Um, I uh, first of all the the trailer. The vibe of the trailer is darker than eighth grade and not just because of the um, the sort of angst of going through that period, but um, also just because I think the the story is portrayed as a darker story um, and, uh, you know, the story of this boy growing up in Los Angeles in the 1990s, but also a curiosity. It is written and directed by Jonah Hill and I. I'm very excited about that because I really like that guy's, uh, you know, his his a- approach to performance, and I'm excited to see what he does behind the camera. Uh, that he has written it too, uh, I hope is not putting a hat on a hat. Um, but from the trailer, I ended up feeling really good about this film. It it doesn't give me the same sort of vibe that I got about eighth grade. It doesn't look as funny, uh, but you know, as the tag on the poster says, fall get back up. Uh, I, I'm hoping this is a story about, um, you know, trials and redemption and success, uh, ultimately, for, for a little kid. Also, you know, we've had so many stories that take place in the 80s. I'm kind of excited that we're moving on to the 90s. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. So I mean, you know, I just watched yeah. It and Stranger Things and, oh, I didn't even talk about It. Yeah. <laughs> Not my kind of movie. Anyway, <laughs> Stranger Things, all these movies that really, you know, leverage the, the gestalt of the 80s. And I'm sick of it, man. I was there. I don't need it anymore. Well, so, so you weren't there in the 90s? Where, where were you? No, I was. I was there in okay. the 90s too, but the 90s were better for me. The 90s were better for you. Yeah. So let, yeah, like let's have a, a really dark uh, adolescent movie. I know. I, <laughs> I, I, I was really surprised by this trailer because I'd heard that it was, you know, Jonah Hill and just so number one, the subject matter. It, it's not something you would expect from him. But again, I think, you know, comedy and tragedy sort of two sides of the same coin. You know, an old man slips on a banana peel. It can be tragic or, or really funny depending on how you play it but the other piece was just there's there's some grittiness to the way this is is filmed it it really reminds me of uh the first thing that came to mind was uh oh gosh going back to i think the early 90s kids you know speaking of a really dark look at you know growing up the the you know, really, I guess, dangerous side. Uh, you've got, you know, here you've got kids like roller or uh, skateboarding, like down the highway. You just a lot of really dark things going on. And as I said, you stole my trailer because this is again one of these, you know, focusing on kids. And from Jonah Hill, it's not the the light comic take of growing up like super bad. This is the complete flip side of that. And that's those are the movies that I think are if done really well. I, I really love because it's taking those, you know, conflicts and traumas of childhood and treating them, you know, very seriously, which is, is, you know, when you're that age, everything is like the end of the world. It's the, the way you feel. And I think this captures a lot of that uh, really well. So I, I was surprised, uh, pleasantly surprised, uh, but I, I should have known coming from A24 was going to be something that, uh, you know, is a really solid film. You know, it's got uh, looks like some great performances. I'm actually really excited to see Catherine Waterston in it uh, because, you know, her her biggest uh, stuff right now is, you know, Fantastic Beast and Alien Covenant. And and um, I I think she's uh, I, I look forward to seeing her in a little bit more of a character piece. Um, 
because uh, I haven't seen her in a whole lot. I get, weirdly, she was also in Inherent Vice, um, and she's been in a lot of stuff. I just uh, I don't remember her for much because these other these big uh, movies have kind of supplanted my memory of that. So I, I'm looking forward to her getting out of there. So you did? Did you not see Steve Jobs? Yeah, I I was not a fan of Steve Jobs, and so um, I left that movie feeling not great about it. And so I don't I don't remember many of the individual performances beyond Fassbender. A little bit of Wozniak kind of comes into my, you know, Seth Rogen, but uh, <laughs> I was not a fan of that movie. Okay. But yeah, I, 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 but I think you're right. I think here's an actress that, yeah, has been in these, you know, genre films that could have been great, but, but fell short of that and not something that's her fault and her performances. So I think, yeah, something yeah. like this to see a different side of her, uh, you know, something, you know, a little bit more, you know, down to earth, gritty. See, see what we get from her. That's right. This one comes out October nineteenth, two thousand eighteen. So uh, yeah, it'll be a nice fall film. Back to the nineties, people. Yeah, uh, that you know right, what? What's yours? That's funny because yeah. my trailer is also going back to the nineties in a in a way. And I I stole your trailer. You stole mine. I steal yours right back at you. Because I'm I'm doing final score, which is. <laughs> Which is every single Bruce Willis and Jean-Claude Van Damme movie from the 90s, but with Dave Bautista in it. And I know you are a Bautista fan, and I know you love, you know, like the Jack Reacher, you know, books. And it, it to me, this is like, wow, this movie is custom made for Pete. It's got everything. Uh, you've, got, you've got Pierce Brosnan, uh, Dave Bautista. This is uh, directed by Scott Mann, and I, you know... He last directed a film in 2015 called Heist with Robert De Niro and Dave Bautista. So I guess he's got a you know good working relationship with Mr. Bautista there. Uh, written by the brothers Lynch. Uh, I'm not as familiar with you know with with their work, but I am thinking that you know what we need to get this on the calendar for a future trailer rewind. You and me to sit down and look <laughs> at this one because I'm very interested in what. You know, you think of of this movie and actually sitting through this, and does it and actually is, sitting through this? Do you hear what how you sound? You're coming into it like such a negative Nelly. Oh, it's every single cliche. I mean, <laughs> yes. Now the effects are ramped up, and we've got you know what it's a, in a soccer stadium, and he's like driving a motorcycle across like the the roof of the stadium, and I mean, there's some there's some just great yes fun things but i know it's just the dialogue i'm like yeah i've heard these lines before they're trying to come back with you know the you know the arnie one-liners and it just it's it's been done to death and so i i think maybe there's a generation that never saw those movies and this will this will work really great for them but but for us we've we've seen this done and done over and over again and i'm i'm not optimistic but I'm willing to to go and have fun with this. But I have a feeling it's it's going to be a groaner. Well, I will gladly sit in uh, as a uh, as a guest on that particular trailer <laughs> rewind. Very special edition. Uh, when's it come out? Looks like probably September. We've got September seventh in the UK and Ireland. Maybe Mr. Smart can can tell us how it works out there. Uh, Portugal September twentieth. Netherlands September twenty seventh. South Africa January fourth. USA sometime in 2018. So maybe this will be a straight to video and we'll get to see it a little bit sooner than you think. <sighs> Man, I want the big screen rumble seats. <laughs> that is perfect for this movie. Yeah. 
Oh, jeez. All right. Well, uh, Steve, I think uh, we have belabored this long enough. It's time for us to do the list. Okay. I, I have to say, last week we were talking about the list, and we had back-to-school movies and summer vacation movies, as opposed to any old vacation movies, specifically summer vacation movies. And our third choice uh, was movies where it's really hot. And I think that was kind of, ended up sort of a joke uh, on my part, but nobody else voted for any other option, and so we had to come up with the movies where it's really hot. And I... <laughs> I thought this is going to be really hard. It turns out it wasn't actually all that hard. <laughs> well, uh, now w- we'll see. We'll see how similar our lists are because there's I came across some some interesting choices with this and it, I w- I was pleasantly surprised once I started thinking about this topic. Uh it it did give us some latitude. It wasn't, you know, like heist movies on a train with, you know, backpacks or something like that where I, you know, have no nothing to contribute this i have i think a really solid list i'm anticipating you stealing one two maybe three of these we'll see (laughs) i've got a i've got a couple backups here uh excellent yeah so all right well uh i'm gonna go ahead and kick off yeah go ahead steal it go ahead my a24 steal (laughs) uh here we go the first one that i have it starts out with such a great idea we're just gonna take an afternoon and rob a bank uh, to to help uh, help uh, a little uh, operation, little little snip snip. Uh, unfortunately, there's no money in the bank, and we have to take some hostages. I'm talking, of course, about uh, Dog Day Afternoon, 1975. Al Pacino, John Cazale, Penelope Allen. This uh, this is a movie where the temperature outside absolutely plays a role in driving toward the stakes uh, that ultimately play out in the film. It's a story about media. It's a story about guns. It's a story about uh, love. And uh, it's uh, it's just an all-around classic fantastic uh, and is absolutely worth seeing. If you haven't seen it, I've run into more and more people who haven't seen this movie, especially in my own family, and it's very disappointing to me. So this is, uh, I'm kicking off my effort to uh, show this movie to more people. No, it's one I have not seen in quite a long time, but one that definitely should be on people's must-see list. Uh, yeah. This comes out of the gritty 70s, and Al Pacino, uh, just so many great things about this film. Uh, yeah, it didn't make it out of my list because it had been a long time since I'd seen it, uh, and I wanted to have something I could talk a little bit more in depth about because I, I have just vague recollections of you know specific story points, you know those that you mentioned. But yeah, no, great, great pick. Definitely, if our listeners out there have not seen this, put it on your list. You will not be disappointed with Dog Day Afternoon. So there you go. There's number one. Okay. I'm kicking it okay. off with a hot right. afternoon hostage standoff. Where would you go from here? I am going to July 1989 and a movie that I saw in a theater with a crowd that was very diverse. And it was the one of the few times I felt that a movie stirred up an audience after the credits were rolling. There was there was anger. There was fear. There was just a lot of emotions in that theater. And I think I had just finished my first year of college and just was like, I I've never seen this reaction from a movie. I'm talking about Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. Movie very much about the hot, the heat of summer and how that just, you know, fuels a lot of 
emotion and the and the people on the street there uh this was the first spike lee movie i had seen it's still i think one of my favorites of his just great performances all around and a case i think going back to as i talked about downsizing a movie with something important to say that does manage to balance that with the characters just such a great solid movie the soundtrack is amazing so many faces that for me were new at the time that have become you know just very familiar you've got samuel jackson and here uh you know one of his early roles just uh, do the right thing pete do the right thing this uh, this is our first steal in the first round uh, I, I also had this one on the list a little bit higher up. I totally agree with you. This is one that, that made quite an impact, not just on you know what the film was about, but uh, with Spike Lee as a filmmaker. Uh, I, I really enjoyed this movie and was impacted by it. Uh, and man, yeah, temperature, hot afternoon in an Italian restaurant. Uh, my next pick, uh, we're, we're going to go even further back uh, in the 1950s. Oh, no. Did I steal this one I'm, from I'm, you? I'm, I'm pretty sure you did. Well, we'll see. There's a, there's a couple that it could be, I think. Let's see. Oh, LB, LB, LB. What are you doing just looking out that rear window? Uh, this <sighs> is James Stewart and Grace Kelly. I, can, I don't know if I'm picking this more because it is it is obviously a hot day, and that impacts the nature of the narrative and what he sees and what he thinks he sees staring out of his rear window uh, into his little uh, square in uh, Greenwich Village, but also I had a mad crush on Grace Kelly, and so how could you I watch this movie a lot because of her? And I think I watched it just not even knowing what it was about for years before I actually tuned into the film. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, very big fan. This is another uh, super duper classic. Uh, Rear Window, uh, yeah. It's it's been attempted uh, multiple times in different uh, in different clothes, but uh, the original is still absolutely the best. Rear Window, nineteen fifty four. Yeah, that's a big steal because this was, oh gosh, when I saw this, I, I'd always thought of Hitchcock. You know, as a teenager, oh Hitchcock, he's the guy that did that scary movie Psycho with you know the creepy guy, and you've got the shower scene, and so Hitchcock had always been in my mind, sort of like. Oh, he did like horror movies, you know? Yeah. Uh, so when I saw Rear Window, it just completely opened my eyes to his craft as a director and storyteller of what he does with the camera. Just to me, this is one of my all-time favorite films. And yeah, how, how do you not fall in love with Grace Kelly? Uh, just a perfect movie. Uh, so thanks for stealing my, my top pick there, Pete. Got, <laughs> You're I, welcome. Tip I of got, the hat. I got to dig into the, dig into <laughs> the, the depths the bowels. Yes. Okay. So when I thought of hot summers, I, I think of, you know, flaring tempers and anger and how the heat just makes people uncomfortable. And so uh, this is when I saw in the theater. I haven't seen it in a long time. But this is Michael Douglas in 1993's Falling Down, about a man with a temper and taking out his you know, anger and frustration on all the injustices and flaws he sees in society. Uh, it's not a perfect film. It's one that I think, as I was building this list, I thought, this might be interesting to watch and go back and see what... You know how this represents the early '90s, 
and we have a lot of people that are are angry uh, today about a lot of things. Does he does does this film still speak to today, or is it still very much of its era? But uh, you know, this is uh, Joel Schumacher, uh, Michael Douglas, Robert Duvall. Falling down from 1993. I I don't have a really strong memory of this, other than just sort of a sense memory of what it's about. Um, I, I think I only saw it once, but I do remember um, the the cast was fantastic, right? Barbara Hershey and Tuesday Weld uh, with uh, Duvall and and Michael Douglas. I I remember having a a, a pretty good feeling about it, but I, and I don't know why I wouldn't have seen it multiple times. Maybe it just it was the wrong wrong year. Well, as I said, it's 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 you know it's it's not a great film, and I think it's you know one that you say, oh yeah, I saw it, I don't need to see it again. But I think yeah. you know now, you know, several decades later, maybe maybe worth revisiting. But that's that's my fill-in. Thanks to your steal. All right, All my right. my next pick. Uh, I've got I got a couple I could go with, and I I really struggle because, um, I, I've. I, there's the the cultural resonance of one of them. There's the uh, one of my it, it sat at number one on my favorite films list for many many years um, as another, and then it's just stupid comedy as another. And I, I was really torn with what to do uh, with this last pick. I'm going to go with the favorite film pick, and that is Lawrence of Arabia. Ah. Yes. There, there's something about this movie. It's long. It's three hours, uh, maybe three hours and change. Yeah, it's three and a half hours. Uh, it's super long. It is really hot. There are wonderful blazing sun silhouette shots, you know, like it just feels hot. The whole story of Lawrence, uh, the English officer uh, who, you know, unites the Arab tribes during World War One to fight the Turks. Like it's a big epic war story, but it's in a desert and it's so I mean, you just feel it. It is the the heat of this place is exhausting before you even get into uh, the portrayal of Peter O'Toole as T.E. Lawrence and Alec Guinness as Prince Faisal, uh, Anthony Quinn, Jack Hawkins, Omar Sharif. I mean, it's just an amazing cast uh, in in a movie that's uh, it's a true epic. And so, I, it's hard to get people to sit down and watch this with me. I haven't seen it in a lot of years, and this show has has uh, had me shuffle up my personal favorites list and a, a number of times in my top ten. But uh, but I have such a fond feeling uh, of, toward this movie. It, it's brilliant. Uh, from director David Lean. I I love it. And um, uh, so there you go. There's my final pick, Lawrence of Arabia. Hot, hot, hot. So is, is this a movie that like on a hot summer day, you'll just have people over and just put it on, on the TV to have it in the, on the background <laughs> and they'll look at this like another shot of the sun over the desert? What is this movie? <laughs> I see what you're doing there. And I'm going to tell you, no, I would never do that to people. Of course you wouldn't. <laughs> do you uh, that, Andy? I would never do that to people. Because this is, yeah, it's three and a half hours. And it, it is one that I probably should have seen more than I have. But it is tough to find time to sit down and really, uh, you know, engage in it. This with this movie. Uh, it's, it is a true epic. It's an amazing film. Uh, yeah, I can understand easily why this would be at the, at the top of, uh, of your list. Uh yeah, great pick, great Thank pick. So I'm All right, have... what's your final? That that I... wasn't a steal, I assume. No, that that was not. 
because again, it's it's one. It's been a while, uh, but it you know, again, put it on my list to to revisit because it it gosh, it was probably in my twenties maybe when I saw that last. Yeah, just one of those. I was working my way through the classics. And, you know, so I said, I can't believe it was, I remember watching that and Sunset Boulevard and, and saying, why have I not watched these earlier? These are such great films. Right, right. Uh, but uh, my my final pick today, another uh, just classic, to me, perfect film. This was back in the era when cinema was still really influenced by sort of, a, you know, the theatrical presentation. This was actually adapted from a teleplay. I'm talking about 12 Angry Men. Hot summer day jury locked into a room having to come to you know unanimous decision and here's you know mr fonda gonna just throw a wrench in the works and not let anybody out of there because he's got concerns uh just uh the the cast the writing everything about this movie when i saw this i thought wow they you just you don't make movies like this anymore. You, they're it's so well done, and you know it captures so many emotions. You've got the heat. You, ah, it, it, I'm speechless because I I don't know what else to say about this movie. Uh, I guess one of the most interesting things that I can say about this is if you have not seen Twelve Angry Men Inside Amy Schumer, <laughs> it is. A spot on perfect satire that honors the film in its writing and casting. It is amazing. It is taking 12 Angry Men and we're updating it. It's about whether or not Amy Schumer, the issue is whether or not Amy Schumer is hot enough to be on TV. But the cast, <laughs> you've got the casting on this was just perfect because it's it's like you're watching 12 angry men you're, you're like oh he th- there's some physical resemblances to the original cast and just performances if you have not seen it search it search it out online i'm sure it's out there somewhere if you've seen 12 angry men check out it's i think it's about 20 minutes so they they take their time it's not a little three minute sketch they take their time with pacing to to really deliver i think something that shows some great uh respect to the original well, I would uh, two points. First, I in line with you pitching other versions of Twelve Angry Men. I can't let the nineteen ninety seven version of Twelve Angry Men, also based on the Rose teleplay, directed by William Friedkin. Uh, this one starring uh, Jack Lemmon, George C. Scott, Hume Cronin. This is uh, it, it is not for me completely equal to the original. Uh, I'm much more of a fan of um, you know Fonda and Lee J. Cobb, but it is uh, exceptional. Uh, it was a, another. TV movie, uh, but you track it down and watch it if you're a fan of this stuff because it's it's also just great. I mean, Tony Danza's in it for crying out loud. Uh, James Gandolfini, <laughs> uh, uh, McKelty Williamson, uh, Edward James Olmos, William Peterson. Uh, it, it's a f- straight up great cast uh, to modernize this uh, a little bit. So if you're a fan of that, also interesting that in our movie set when it's really hot, we have two Sidney Lumet films. Oh, yes. Uh, which, uh, there's, it turns out Sidney Lumet actually corners the market of hot, hot movies. <laughs> <laughs> Temperature's big for Sid. Yes. Uh, there you go. There's our, uh, there's our pick. Now, we didn't, uh, we didn't talk about what we're going to do for next week. What is on the slate for the big show next week? 
So that's going to be 2001. Oh, so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) So we have to come up with topics related to 2001. Yeah. Oh, you've got the human versus computer. So that oh, is that's always good. That, that's that's a good one. You talk about the Odyssey. You, you can talk about. I was going to say movies that are uh, ad- adapted from the classics of ancient oh, <laughs> literature of ancient, of ancient classics because that's uh-huh. a really long list. Well, no, there's a few that could show up there. Okay, okay, I I like that. I like human versus computer. Uh, we could do. Oh, here's an interesting one: messages from outer space. Oh, movies where we get messages from outer space. Okay. Yeah, that okay. Great so have... asphyxiation scenes. <laughs> no, I think <laughs> I think adapted from you know ancient classics, you know, human versus computer, and messages from outer space because you've 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 got uh, sort of three very different things. Because I think the human versus computer is one type of you know conflict. Messages from outer space we're dealing with a little bit more science fiction, whereas human versus computer can be a little bit more grounded in reality. Yeah. yeah. That, that opens up some I like that. Some I think avenues. we can come give, up with some. Yeah, well, and we'll, we'll, we'll save the asphyxiation in outer space <laughs> for later. <laughs> Perfect. That's a yes. good list for 2001. Okay. Andy will be so proud. I hope. I hope we make Andy proud. Uh, what uh, what are you going to go see this weekend? You got anything hot on your list? Uh, every, every, everybody's going to see the, the Impossible Mission falling out with the Tom I want to see the... Tom falling out. That's the truth. <laughs> I I have just seen you know the the one trailer so and i've but i've seen you know the interviews about the broken ankle and all of that stuff but i have no idea where they're going with the story i've got you know what what's been teased in the trailer so i'm i'm looking forward to having a really good time with this one i like the direction they're going with this franchise so uh, yeah i'm i'm really excited about you know this as this i think fits everything of what you expect from a summer action film and yeah. We, we, in a series that just keeps getting yeah. better. Oh, definitely. An interesting thing about uh, about this one is that, uh, it, you know, I, I read that I, we've seen so many of the behind-the-scenes type trailers. I'm calling them trailers because I think they're used specifically for promotion in this case, right? The, yes. The, the yeah. Tom Cruise as stuntman types of trailers. and all of the major sequences, he's out there. Paramount has just been blowing up uh, their promotion with this and what i understand is part of the reason they really want to get people in to uh, see this thing and they they need to get people in to see this things because he broke his ankle which we've talked about uh, exhaustively uh they and they had to shut down production of this massive movie um it is it ends up being uh, it, even more expensive much 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 more expensive than it would have been um otherwise and uh, they're they're trying to really you know, get people uh, who otherwise wouldn't see the movie because it's just a dumb summer action movie. They're trying to get them in to see it for the the sort of slow motion train wreck of stunts. Uh, you know, to see the to see the the scene with the ankle break uh, that made it into the movie. So uh, I am curious about that strategy. Everything I've heard from reviewers I trust is that the movie is exceptional on its own merits but that they're really trying to promote this thing to get a different kind of audience into the seat too. So we'll see if it works. Yeah. That's uh that's, that's my afternoon for, for I got today. noon tickets here too. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's it. 
We'll uh, we'll talk about it next week. Uh, Big Show starts up again on Thursday. If you're a Patreon member, you probably already got it in your preview feed. Andy and I are recording uh, really uh, much earlier than we ever have. Uh, we used to record just a couple of days before we'd release it, and now we're doing it a couple of weeks early. So uh, those who are patrons uh, will get a nice, healthy preview rather than the sometimes six or 12 hour preview <laughs> that i would finally get around to getting it done it's it's a busy weeks weeks are busy so um I, i'm excited about getting into a new uh, routine and, and giving more extensive previews to folks so uh thanks as ever for uh showing up and downloading and listening to this show we appreciate you guys thank you very much and uh steve thanks to you uh i'll talk to you next week hondo I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our Originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Mm-hmm.